another episode of Real Talk with Philip and Lena Mitchell. Whoop, whoop. Hope you guys are doing well out there. For everybody who's been listening to this podcast, we'll just take a second to thank you for your, all your support, um, all the reviews that have been written. And it would be a blessing to us if you would do us a favor. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate it on iTunes or whatever platform you use. And if it's a blessing to you, we want to ask that you share that material with other people. If it touches you, share it with others. And again, we want to just thank you so much for listening. So Lena and I just celebrated uh, 15 years of marriage. Woo! Come on, guys. Give it up for us. Yeah. Woo! Yes. And um, we have learned that, uh, you know, marriage is, uh, it takes work. Mm. And uh, we know there's a lot mm. of couples that listen to this podcast. Maybe you have not been married as long as we are. Maybe you've been married longer than us. We don't pretend to be experts mm-hmm. in the area of marriage. However, one of the things that we believe is that um, if you could learn from us in a few minutes what it took us 15 years to learn, we believe that it will help your marriage to go much further, faster. Now, we don't pretend to be marriage experts. Uh, We're not going to come off like that, but we do want to use this podcast to be a blessing to as many people as possible. If you're single, um, I don't think you have to tune the podcast off. I think there are some principles we're going to share with you that if you're a single person or maybe you're even dating, um, these will form good uh, conversational pieces to talk about as you're headed towards marriage or as if you're thinking about uh, getting married. And so what we want to do, we want to share with you the 15 things we've learned in 15 years of marriage. On this particular episode, we're going to talk about the first seven And then we're going to drop a bonus episode in which we'll give you the last eight. Uh, These are no particular order of importance, um, but each one of them is important of among themselves. And so um, we want to take this time to release this first series of seven things. um, And next podcast, we'll drop the other eight. Again, there are no order of importance, but each one of them are important. Um, they're all based on a singular word. And so we want to encourage you, maybe if you're a note taker, or if you take notes on your phone or whatever the case may be, um, the word is what we want you to focus on. Um, now, again, we're not going to have the time to really unpack all of these in great detail. Um, so this is really going to be a survey of these 15 things we've learned in 15 years of marriage. Uh, maybe at another time, we could unpack these in greater detail. We're not going to do that right now. So Let's jump right into this episode's content. Let's go. The first seven. Lena, you ready for this? I'm ready. You sure? Yeah, man. It's about to get raw. It's about to get real. Oh, can I be truthful, though? And we could be very truthful. Can I be transparent? You could be very transparent. Even if it hurts your feelings, honey. Even if it hurts my feelings. All right, y'all. You yeah, said we're I ready do for it. that. All right. Number one, uh, the, one of the first and important things we learn in marriage is the true dynamics of love. So love would be number one. Um, one of the things Lena and I have learned is that love is more than a feeling. Oh, yes. You know, it's, it's something that, you know, when you're dating, when you're headed towards marriage, when you're in that courtship phase, you know, we say that we are in love. It feels like an emotion is bubbly, is googly eyes, is all of that good stuff. After some point in time, you will learn um, that those high emotions might mm. begin to wear off. And then we learn that love is not simply just an emotion. So Lynn and I have learned mm. from the experience of our own <laughs> marriage. And from our study of God's word, what we call the Bible or the Holy Scriptures, that love is more than emotion. So some true dynamics of love that we've learned 
just first off is that love is a daily decision. Yes, it is, guys. Um, oftentimes, you will be hurt. You will be disappointed by the person that you are married to. But love is a decision that we make. Um, it's not also something that we feel. So one of the things that we've learned is that love is a daily decision. Lena, you want to jump in here and share it some is. things about love? Yeah, man. Love is, I think, I think we kind of overthink what love is. We think it's like yeah. this feeling, this, like you were saying, honey, this googly, you know, you're having googly eyes and mm -hmm. you feeling this some kind of way, but... At some point, guys, if you're married, that, I'm not saying for everybody. I don't know. Maybe some people keep that their whole marriage. If you do, then that's awesome. But I know for us, and this is just to be truthful and real, because we're going to be transparent here, is that that, that feeling, it, it kind of diminished. Not to say completely went away, because mm -hmm. I still love you in that way. Girl, but... Um, <laughs> but I think when the reality of who you're looking at and who you're dealing with there, let's say not so good side starts coming out, you have to make a decision that you're going to love them regardless of them. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so love is not only a daily decision. It's not only an emotion that we feel, but I also think that love is also a demonstration is something that yeah. is seen. And in fact, um, there's a powerful passage in the Bible that says that while we was yet sinners, mm. God demonstrated his love for us by sacrificing his son Listen. on the cross. Listen. And so Lena and I have learned that love goes beyond feelings. How mm. about that? Mm. Love goes beyond feelings to it being a daily decision to it also being a demonstration. Yes. Uh, a doctor named Gary Chapman wrote a very powerful book called The Five Love Languages. We yes. want to recommend married couples pick that up. When he talks about the different ways in which we communicate love, and sometimes yes. we try to communicate love in a way that we receive love, not knowing that the person we're married to may receive love differently. He talks, yes. about, he talks about touch. He talks about quality time. He talks about words of affirmation. He talks about service. And so he, he talks about these different dynamics of, of love. And so it's a very good book to pick up. But the, the thing we want you to focus on on this particular first one is that love goes beyond feelings. Yes. Beyond feelings, love is a yes. daily demonstration. It yes. is a daily decision we make to love another human being. Yes. And that love should come unconditionally. My love should not be contingent upon mm. what the other person does. My yes. love is contingent upon how I feel for that person in my heart. So it's completely independent yes. of what they do is what we call an agape type of love yes. which has nothing to do with the other person yes. that's number one number two the second thing that Lena and I learned in 15 years of marriage is what we want to call mutual submission ooh this is real good mm. right here come on mutual submission and that is learning the grace and the ethic to submit to each other in mm. areas where mm -hmm. one may be stronger than the other mm -hmm. now I know for all my Christian brothers out there we've already read in the Bible that women are submit wives be submissive to your husbands husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and so for all the Christian brothers and all the Christian sisters I know that you've heard submission taught and that is true but Lena and I have learned another ethic which we call mutual submission that is the power to submit to each other in mm -hmm. areas where the other person may be stronger and another person may be weaker. So let me give you a good example of what this looks like. So in our home, for example, we work off a budget. 
Okay. And so Lena is much better at handling money than I am. Oftentimes in a marriage, somebody might be a spender, somebody might be a saver, somebody might be a hoarder, somebody might, you know, go hard when it comes to spending money. And so if, if in our marriage, Lena is more fiscally responsible than I, God has given her great wisdom and how to handle money. And so in this area of our home, I submit to Lena in this area. That is, I allow her to handle our budget, to pay the bills, to determine how much money we spend every single month on whatever we have to spend our money on my ability to be humble to allow her to lead in that particular area has helped our marriage flourish when it comes to creating margins so we don't feel tight at the end of every month so it's important that we have mutual submission if somebody is stronger in another area maybe you submit to that person if you don't know how to drive in that area it doesn't make sense you do your marriage damage by staying in the seat you might as well get out of that seat get in the passenger seat and let your spouse drive in that area so we want to learn to be mutually submissive to right. one another Lena, you want to add something to that absolutely um, guys I'm just going to let you guys know that how my husband just mentioned how I run the finances it took a while for us to get to that oh yeah it took a it took yes. a while yes, yes and yes. during that process it was tough because I knew that I was more responsible when it came to money just throw me under the bus and honey you said we gotta be real okay go ahead and uh <laughs> I knew my husband was still growing in that area. That was nice how you put that. Yeah, growing you're still growing. That even like that. That was a even now, land. he's still growing. Like that. that was a soft still growing land. Even that was now, but don't tell him. So yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, I think um, that in, when you're married, you're like teammates. And I don't know a lot about sports, and my husband could probably speak to this a little bit better than me. But I know on on teams, you have some people that specialize in certain things. Come on now. And so in a marriage, one person might specialize in something. The other person might specialize in something else. But together, if you guys um, kind of operate in your grace place, the place where you are grace. I like that. Your grace place. Yeah. If you operate in your grace place. We might have to do a whole podcast on that. Your grace place. Then I think you can get more accomplished as a team. Definitely operate in your grace place, but it takes humility. Sometimes, yeah, you know, some people guard certain areas of their marriage so tight they don't want to let go, whether it's controlling the finances or controlling the kids' education or controlling spiritual decisions or whatever the case may be. If you determine that you're not wise in a particular area or you don't have the grace for a particular area yet, if you're still growing in a particular area, wisdom is, listen, you just defer to the other person in the area because if you're operating as a team, you're trying to win. You're trying to pop right. champagne together you're trying to win championships and it's not going to help you if somebody's a ball hog in a sense these are sports terms in a particular area and you keep missing the shot and so if you're not good with money it doesn't make sense to hog the ball in that area if you're not good with making decisions or where the kids go to school it's not good to hog the ball in the area pretty much what we're trying to say you want to know your strengths and your weaknesses you want to know the strength and weaknesses of your spouse And then you want to learn to be mutually submissive. You want to just submit in the areas where you know you're weak so you could defer to your spouse's strengths. And as you complement each other in that regard, you're going to find that you'll pop more champagne than you'll be arguing. Number three, the third thing we've learned in 15 years of marriage, and this one is really powerful, it is the art of being disagreeable. Yes. Okay. That is the art of being disagreeable. The truth of the matter is, is that in a marriage, you have two different people 
two different genders, uh, two different backgrounds, two different cultures, two different experiences. We've come from two different places and we're not always going to see everything the same way. So, for example, we could talk about the same topic and have a different perspective. We could look at the same object and have a different perspective. I could put an iPhone down on the table. One person sees the iPhone, the other person sees the case. And so because we see things differently, because we have been wired differently, because we have different cultures, different backgrounds. It's important to learn the art of being disagreeable. That is the ability to disagree without killing each other. The ability to Mm. disagree and still be respectful. The ability to disagree and not be, watch this, dishonorable. So we can learn to disagree without being dishonorable. That is, we come to some topic, we come to some conversation it could be something as simple as, listen, something we're trying to do for the kids. And we say, well, honey, I don't think that's the best thing to do. And I'm saying, well, listen, I think this is a great idea. And Lena might say, well, honey, I don't think that's a great idea. And we might go back and forth for a little while. And then you know what happens. You start to feel that heat rise and it starts to feel like tension. And at this point, you're either going to take that all the way into a fight. Or you can say, well, honey, listen, this is the way I feel. That's the way you feel. I'm going to respect how you feel. We may not see eye to eye on this particular thing. So we're just going to agree to be disagreeable. Now, this is not for when you're making major life decisions. Right. This is not like, I disagree, we shouldn't buy a house. Right. I disagree, we shouldn't buy a car. I disagree, we shouldn't blow up this credit card. I'm not talking about major life decisions that affect you negatively. I'm talking about the simple things of life that does not require a full-blown argument. We got to learn the art of being disagreeable. Right. Lena, what you think about that? Right. Yeah, I know we had to, this, this took us a long time it to It took learn, us a few guys. years. Yeah, um, my husband and I, we are completely different. He thinks completely different than I do. Is that a bad thing or a good thing? It's a, it could be, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing okay. because we balance each other out. I like that. So that's a good save. It took a long time yes. for me because my husband would, he's was, he would try to make me always feel or see things the way he wanted me to see them. But I'm a different person. And sometimes I think and feel differently than what he does. And I think in the beginning, it was hard because we're both trying to prove our point. But really, we're individuals. That's what makes us so unique, that we don't have to agree about every little thing. Especially if it's not major life stuff. Like, if I like black and my husband likes white, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have to force him to like black because he likes white. Or if he likes macaroni and cheese and I like sweet potatoes, it's okay. Or no, actually, this is real life. I love rice. And if my husband likes macaroni and cheese and I want to eat my rice, then it's okay. We don't have to always agree on every single thing. And we're talking about the minor things. Yeah, minor things. We're talking about the major things that might blow up your life. Yeah, major things. We don't always have to agree. And the lesson I learned, because I was probably the one who had a harder time learning this lesson, was (laughs) it took a certain amount of growing to a place of humility and a place of realizing to value the difference that my wife had for me. 
in me always trying to conform her to my opinions, I was robbing her of her ability to exercise and to express her own thoughts, That's her so own good. feelings, and who she is as a person. So and sometimes good. when we force someone to always agree with what we feel or the way we see a particular perspective about something that's very, very minor, we rob that person of an opportunity for self-expression. That's good. And so I just want to clarify, when we talk about the art of being disagreeable, we're talking about minor things that's not worth a fight or an argument. We're not talking about things that are major life decisions, like purchasing a house, a car, major financial decisions, investments. We're not talking about that because we're going to get to that. But what we are saying in these small things that's not worth a fight, uh, we have to learn the art of being disagreeable. And really, that is the art of respecting the expression of the other person that you're married to. So I had to learn to respect Lena's expression. Thank you. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate you doing that. Yes, it's, it's been a tough road, but it's yeah. been a beautiful thing. Okay. Uh, number four, <laughs> the fourth thing we've learned in 15 years of marriage is the importance of forgiveness. This mm. is huge drop. Oh, yes. The mic. Like, this is really big. Oh, yes. Is the importance of forgiveness. Oh. So let's just push all our cards on the table and let's just be honest, okay? Here is the truth, okay? Hurting people. Mm. In your marriage is almost inevitable. Mm-hmm. When you love someone and when you have proximity to someone, it is inevitable from time to time there will be hurt and minor offenses. Now, that doesn't have to happen all the time, but it's almost inevitable. You will have some days where you're going to hurt each other. You're going to have some days where you're going to say things you regret. You're going to do things that hurt the other person. Hurting the feelings of the person you're married to is almost inevitable. It is going to happen. And so when that happens, we have to learn the art or the importance of forgiveness. This is very, very important. Now, in our culture, oftentimes when people think about forgiveness, they think forgiveness as something as if this person is not worthy of forgiveness or they don't have the right to be forgiven. What they did was so offensive. It was so egregious. They don't have the right to receive my forgiveness. That is a flawed perspective uh, when it comes to forgiveness because if we hang on to that perspective, we will oftentimes go around in unforgiveness Mm. and holding people with grudges. Terrible. And that Mm. grudge would turn to bitterness Mm. and that bitterness only hurts the person in which it lives. So here is something Lena and I learned through our own personal experience and we learned through God's word. Forgiveness is really never for the other person. Mm Mm-mm. Forgiveness is really for you. Yes. Because when we have unforgiveness in our heart, it's going to rob us of sleep. It's going to rob us of peace. Yep. It's going to make us sick. Yep. And so we've had to learn through our own personal experience and really through the teachings of Jesus, Mm -hmm. the greatest leader the world has ever known, that forgiveness is really a release of yourself. Oh, yes. Before it is a release of the other person. Sometimes you forgive somebody, they can never repay you Mm -hmm. for what was lost. Mm Mm-hmm. They can't, sometimes they can't give you back time. They can't give you back those words. Sometimes they can't repay you for the hurt that you feel. But that forgiveness is a release of that person for your own self. And if we understand that forgiveness is a gift to ourselves, we will find the grace to be able to forgive. And this is very, very important in a marriage. Lena, talk about that. Absolutely. Guys, forgiveness is major. Major. Like my husband said, it's not about the other person. It's about you. Mm. And I have learned from my own personal experience of being married, I have to protect my peace. 
if, she if does you a don't good job forgive, of doing that, by the way, Lena always tries to protect her peace. Listen, if you're not forgiving, if you're holding people and holding grudges, all you're doing is making your own self worry. True. weary and wary and True. all of that stuff you're just burning your own self once you give that stuff up and once you say you know what i'm i forgive you i'm not holding you you can start walking in a type of freedom freedom yes where you don't you're not moved by what other people do true indeed you know you can be um I think the term is un um, unoffendable. Unoffendable. There it is. We that's talk it. About that in unoffendable. Nah, you just dropped. And that's too a much. place You're of too power. Much seeds right now, we got to come back to that. Okay. All right. We but yeah, it's back, important guys. to to forgive and remember that forgiveness is not always for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. Yes. Um, yes, we deal with legitimate hurt. Deal with dealing f- legitimate frustration. Lena and I know what it is to lay down in bed at night, turn our backs to each other because we're hurting. And then, you know, I might turn over, she might turn over, she might tap me, we might smile, we might talk. Uh, A good practice um, is to try not to let the sun go down on that unforgiveness. And so if you can reconcile before you go to sleep, that's always a good thing. You don't want to really carry that into the next day or the next week. I know that's not always easy, but it is a good practice um, that if you are in a place of unforgiveness, you go your separate ways, try to come back and make that right as quickly as possible. The fifth thing we want to share with you that we've learned in 15 years of marriage is the importance of stewardship. Mm. And that's an old school word for Mm. saying how to properly handle your finances, mm. how to properly handle your resources. Mm. And so we learned the importance of stewardship. And listen, let me say this. We <laughs> learned a lot of these the hard way. Yeah. I hear what I'm saying? Yeah, we, we did, learned a guys. lot of these the hard way. Uh, a few weeks ago, Lena and I was doing a marriage seminar at our church. We do it once a month called One Accord, and we were sharing some married couples. The truth of the matter is I said to them, and this is my own personal conviction, that only a fool learns everything by experience. But a wise person will learn from the successes and the failures of others. Only a fool learns every single lesson by experience. Read Proverbs, read Ecclesiastes, glean glean wisdom from the successes and failures of others. A lot of these Lena and I have learned by experience. And so if you're listening to this, you're a young married couple or you're headed towards marriage, these are good lessons that can can help you if you yeah. glean from them you talk about them they can help you save years of unnecessary pain a lot of the things on this list all 15 of them most of them lena and i learned uh just through bad decisions through experience and through pain and so we're doing our best to share with you so that others could be helped so stewardship is very important the word stewardship implies that i am not an owner of the things that i have now if you're not a christian um, listen, you can keep your perspective. I don't want to force my perspective on you. But as followers of Jesus, we believe and we are taught by the word of God that we are stewards. That is, we're not owners of really anything. We are stewards. That is, we are managing everything for the glory of God and for our good. When you learn that you are stewards, you know, there's an accountability yeah. for what you manage. And so mm. we had to learn how to steward time. We had to learn how to steward resources. We had to learn how to steward opportunities, finances. And so we've learned the importance of stewardship through bad stewardship has given Lena and I regrets, pain, and you know how this is. Things you look over your shoulder and say, man, I wish I could get that decision back. Lena, mm-hmm. talk about this because this yeah. is really big yeah. for us, right? I think for me, stewardship is not just financially what we have, right. but everything within everything. under our care, how we keep our home, how we keep our cars. Our home is clean. Yes, uh, how we how we care for our we keep kids, our cars clean. whatever God has blessed us with. Do we keep our with. kids clean? Yes, we do. I do. I don't. 
I'm, I'm just I being do. just I think, cool. I think so. But. <laughs> I think we could do a good job. Anyway, so for me, stewardship is anything that's within my... Under your care. Under my under care. Under your jurisdiction. Or, there it is, under my jurisdiction. If it's under my jurisdiction, and if I am a daughter of the king, then whatever is under my care should be... A reflection. A reflection. Of the person you serve. Oh, there, there, see? There it is. So we want to, so Lena and I have learned the importance of stewarding everything we have. Yes. I mean, we, we steward our finances. Yes. Again, we steward how we manage our home. Yes. We steward our time. We steward how we deal with our children. Yes. I mean, whatever is under our care, we want to steward it well. Absolutely. And we want to be good stewards, good managers of those things. Again, we learned that the hard way, but it was a very, very important lesson. Absolutely. Poor stewardship will teach you the value of stewardship. Mm. Poor management will teach you the value of stewardship. It does not take long to learn that poor management is painful. Mm. I know I'm not the only one right now in Mm. this conversation that wish they can get a season back, Mm. they could get a decision back, they could get an investment back, they could get something they did back. Listen, we've lost investments, we've lost a house let me just put it. Can yeah. I just be real with them? Yeah. We've even lost a house because of bad us. stewardship. Okay, so don't we've lost us. a lot because of bad stewardship. So we've learned the art and the importance of yeah. stewardship. That is yeah. managing everything we have for the glory of God and for our personal good. Yes. And if you don't have wisdom in that area, praying and God will give you wisdom. Yeah. Learn from other people how to be a good steward. That's Number good. six, the final two things, we learned the importance of faith. Faith mm. is very important. That just ability to believe. Mm. Um, I want to tell you a quick story about the importance of faith. Um, Lena and I have four children. We love them. Um, three of them was not planned. The last one, um, Lena and I was going through a tough time in our life. I mean, we was impoverished. We were struggling. Uh, we was just going through. And Lena and I had this dream to have four kids. That's for personal reasons. We talk about another podcast. But we wanted to have four children. And so, I don't know, if, should I tell him why? Or should I just wait no, to another podcast? We do another wait. time. We'll do that so, later. I remember for our last kid, man, <laughs> we, we, we wanted a son specifically. We already had a son and two girls, and we wanted a son so we could have two and two. Y'all know how that go down. And so, I remember we, we just kind of like opened up the Bible to the prayers of Hannah, a woman who believed God for a son. We fasted. We prayed. We asked God specifically for a son. I mean, we exercised faith, and God bless us with little Josiah. That That is a story of many stories that Lynn and I have of faith. We've learned as a married couple to exercise with faith. Lynn and I have moved to three different states by faith. We've given away cars by faith. We've moved from one place to the other by faith. We started a church with nothing mm. by faith. And so there's a lot of things Ooh. we've done by faith. If you have to see the whole picture to take the step, then that's not faith. Mm. And oftentimes for those who are Christians, God does not always give us the whole picture. If I need to know A to Z before I take a step, then I'm not operating by faith. Yeah. In fact, the Bible says that we would, the just shall live by faith, mm. not just exercise every now and then, but the just shall live by faith. That's an ability to step out on what I cannot see on the character of God himself mm. and what I believe he's calling me to do. And I'm just going to put it out there. There's a lot of things Lynn and I would not have experienced if we did not take steps right. of faith. Right. When you t- try to take a step of faith, fear will meet you. Anxiety will meet you. Uncertainty will meet you. Comfort will right. keep you from taking steps of faith. But Lynn and I have experienced more of the abundance of life and what God has for us because we were bold enough in various seasons to take steps yeah. of faith. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I think you know life really is just 
a faith walk. It is a faith walk. It's the ability to believe in spite of what you see, in spite of how you feel, in spite of what's going on. That's good. That you could just believe that something good could come. That's just good. believing that there is something on the other side of this of this valley. Mm, I feel your preach coming Bel- <laughs> on, girl. Come on now. Well, you know. So I mean faith is faith is everything. You know, and faith is show I think it shows God that you trust him. Definitely. And even in terms of you know, in your relationship with your spouse, it shows that ultimately God is in control. You know, that really we are just puppets. We are just, you know, um clay in the potter's hand. And um faith is faith is everything. Faith is everything. Faith is and everything. and really quickly, let me just throw out a disclaimer out there for all the husbands that's trying to lead and listen, if you don't if 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 you if you're gonna take steps of faith, you want you wanna kinda sense you're you you you're hearing from God, you're leaning mm-hmm. on the wisdom of God. There's a fine line between faith and foolishness. Mm. Let me just put that oh, out boy. there right Let's now. Let's stay right there. Some things are not faith moves. They are <laughs> foolish right moves. There. Okay? And so there's a fine line Ooh. between faith and foolishness. Oh, Everything is not God said. That's a lie. Mm-mm. Okay? And so we need to know the difference between faith and foolishness. There's yeah. some things that we do and some decisions we make that is not faith decisions. They are foolish decisions. Mm. They are not faith decisions. They are flesh decisions flesh for those who are not believers is just a term for being led by our emotions and not being yeah. led by the spirit of god and so i just want to put that out there that there's a fine line between faith and foolishness and we need to be able to discern the two we need to be sensitive that this is a step of faith yeah and we're going to take the step some things is just foolishness oh yes okay so we want to talk about that and then this last thing in this episode which is a really big one of the 15 things we've learned in 15 years of marriage number seven is perseverance. Mm. And I think that is a monster word, especially mm. in the generation that we're living in. So mm-hmm. we're going to close out this podcast with this one word, perseverance. That is the ability to have staying power, to yeah. keep getting back up, yeah. to keep showing yeah. up, to press all the way yeah. through to see what is on the other side. Yeah. Okay, we go through problems in life. We go through disappointments in life. We will have arguments in life, disagreements in life. There will even be moments where we say, you know what, we should just quit. We should throw yeah. in the towel. We should just be done. And I'm telling you, I'm just going to say it right here. One of the most important things Lena and I have learned in marriage is the importance and the power of perseverance. Yeah. That is pressing through difficult times, mm-hmm. dark times, yeah. uncertain times, yeah. painful times, hurtful times, confusing times, persevering yeah. through that. I feel like yeah. our generation, we quit too easily. Yeah. We yeah. throw in the towel too easily. Mm-hmm. We'd be married for one year and just say, you know, I'm going to quit. Or two years, I'm just going to quit. Listen, yeah. it takes time for two sinners to learn Absolutely. how to co-mingle. It takes perseverance to push through difficulty, trials, objects, temptations, problems, even failures. Yeah. Okay, even failures in marriage and, and, and bad decisions we make. Perseverance is very, very important. It's mm-hmm. the ability to say, I'm going to push through this to see what tomorrow holds. That takes stamina. Yeah, that takes does. faith. That takes hope. That takes strength. That takes an ability to forgive and to yes. keep pressing to see what could come out of this 
if I just press. Now, I know that's hard to do when two wills are yeah. involved, okay? A marriage is, is, is really difficult to work when two wills are not involved. When one person is, is not willing, it is very, very difficult. But when you have yeah. two willing people yeah. in the middle of a storm, man, if you persevere, you have no yeah. idea what's on the other side. Yeah, and I just think, persevere. I, I think for us, you know, that was a key factor when we were going through our little rough stuff that we made a decision that we were just going to try to make this thing work. No matter what mistakes have been made, no yeah. matter what we had to go through together, we made a decision. Okay, we're, we're not going, you know, you're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. These kids aren't going to be without one of their parents. We're going to try to make this thing work. And a little disclaimer. Listen, if you've been through a divorce, we're not throwing shade. Oh, absolutely If you're a not. single parent, we're not throwing shade. But we are talking the to married happen. couples who may be in the middle of a storm. Yeah. And there is hope for your storm. Yeah, yeah. Now, there are some people who legitimately their marriage is not going to make it. Yeah. If you're in danger of we your know life, mm -hmm. you know, if you're being physically abused, mm -hmm. if you feel like God is giving you, you an exit, then you have to take that exit. Mm -hmm. So we're not we're not saying that this is for everybody. What we are saying, this is for the married couple this is for the couple that is going through legitimate problems and you we just encourage you to not quit yeah. so easy. Yeah. We you got a man up, you got yeah. a woman up, you got to you got to put on your your big drawers and sometimes you just have to fight through yeah. what you're going yeah. through to see what's going to happen on the other side. And perseverance is very very important and perseverance opens the doors to future blessings. So Absolutely. we're going to just close out the podcast with these final words because I think perseverance is very important. Honestly speaking, I know a lot of people talk about happy marriages and I'm happily married and people think that's a facade. Lena and I are actually happily married. I love the woman that's sitting across the table from me um, in this makeshift studio. I love her. <laughs> and I did not always I feel that way. I, I love her emotionally. <laughs> I love her through my decisions. We have persevered. I tell people all the time, Lena and I right now live in a place we just call, or at least I just call there. I can't describe it. Um, I don't know how to always put it in words, but our marriage right now is in a great dynamic place. We enjoy each other. <laughs> we enjoy each other's company. We have lots of intimacy. We're going to come back to that in the next episode. We have lots of intimacy. <laughs> oh We're going to come back to that next episode. We have oh lots of intimacy. <laughs> We're going to come back. Uh, we, we really enjoy it. We like spending time together, hanging out together, yeah. traveling. We love each other. Listen. When I first got married in the first five or six years, I would never imagine I would feel about Lena the way I feel right now. I would never imagine we would enjoy the life that we enjoy right now. And I'm not talking about material blessing. I'm talking about where we are emotionally, mentally, yeah. spiritually yeah. as a married couple. Mm -hmm. I would never have saw that we could actually be where we are right now. I would have never imagined I could be this close to another human being, another female, especially yeah. from my past and, and the way I saw women from the past. I had a very traumatic past when it came to women and the way I saw them. So I would never imagine I would feel this way about a woman. Now, if you would have told me I would be here in the first five years or even six years of my marriage, I would not have believed you. But because Lena and I made a decision to persevere, we end up making it to a pasture, a place that I just called there that I would have never known would have been here had we not persevered. Yeah. We are blessed because of it. Our children are blessed because of it. Yeah. Our church the organization mm. that we lead is blessed as a result of yeah. it. 
So we want to just end this particular podcast on that note, the power of perseverance. That's not only for marriage, but how about for life? Mm. Maybe there's somebody right now going through a very difficult season, a dark season, a painful season, a season of uncertainty. You don't know what tomorrow holds. We want to encourage you. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't lose hope. We want to encourage you to persevere. Perseverance is that intangible virtue that gives us an inner tenaciousness, a resilience to press through what is in front of us to get to the other side. We hope sharing these first seven things have been a blessing to you. We can't wait to see you again on our next podcast when we drop the other eight things that Lynn and I have learned. They're going to be good, 15 y'all. 15 years of marriage. They're going to be good. This yeah. is our 15 and 15. We love you all. Review this podcast, rate it, and if it was a blessing to you, share it with others. Shout out to everybody in the Real Talk community. We can't wait to talk to you again. Peace see y'all out. next time. See you next time on Real Talk.